We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. the world of wine. I'm Mel Gilchrister by Master of Wine, Meg Brotman, and I'm just laughing because Meg just sat there and all of a sudden had this like big grit on her face and was like bopping away. I was getting in the zone, the happy zone. And just smiling to get into the zone. Because Mel tells me I'm a bit miserable sometimes and whenever we used to, what do we do when we work together? As soon as you. Yeah, my face would be all miserable. Smile, Meg, smile, smile. smile. You talk to camera and then as soon as you stop talking you would just have this frown like you were so upset about what you were saying and if any of you have seen the video from the Hawthorne episode where we talked to Richie Vandenberg that's the kind of face that I it's like resting face I think a little yeah, bit like what's going on it was a little bit and like I do that. have to remember that this is radio and so people can't see me no it's my hoodie and no, tracksuit pants look, and Ugg boots you're hyped up you've created a great vibe so we're I good think we've kicked it off well Okay, today we're talking about Nebbiolo. That's one of the reasons I'm hyped up as well. Yeah, no. Probably one of the greatest great varieties. I was um, in New Zealand last week judging at the New Zealand Wine Awards. It's a new show. Um, thank you very much to Jane Cooper because she listens um, of Alexia Wines. Uh, and we were talking about what our favourite great varieties were. And I said Riesling and Nebbiolo. No. So you can't go better than this because I've got four Nebbiolos in front of me. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I'm really excited because we're specifically doing Australia versus Italy, aren't we? Well, yes, because I just wanted to do new versus old world because one of my complaints. Well, not versus. It's, yeah. We're not putting them against yeah, each other. Compare and contrast. Yes. One of my complaints, well, no, one of the things that I look for when I'm looking for a great variety that's kind of emerging or from Italy or whatever is that it should, to me, look like a Sangiovese from Italy. Yes. Um, And so they don't have to be identical. You know, they can be more fruit forward or whatever, but there has to be that family gene running through the wine. So do you remember we had the – was it Coriol Sangiovese ages Mm -hmm. ago? It was a really Mm -hmm. juicy, juby number and it just Mm – I was not happy with it because it didn't look like Sangiovese to me. I do remember that. Taylor really loved the wine. Do you remember? Yeah. It was like a $20 Sangiovese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coriol? Yeah. Somewhere from McLaren. Anyway, so I just want to – let's compare and contrast these wines and I've got a range of – well, obviously Nebbiolo from Italy's in one area, but I've got other wines from other regions. Okay, perfect. Well, first, we're going to get into your fun fact and everything, <laughs> but we do need to address the No, recent... everyone thought the band's broken up. <laughs> so Mel's been getting desperately sad um, DMs and saying, what's happened? Is the podcast still going on? So, so Mel, tell are, us what's happened. We're still here. Um, so, basically, I left Rob Dolan Wines. and To when, go to? To go to Chandon. Domain am, Chandon in the Yarra Valley. now marketing and comms manager for Domain Chandon in the Yarra Valley, yes. But, but when this podcast first started, we were heavily affiliated with Rob Dolan Wines. Well, Rob Dolan Wines sponsored us, yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the last one... 
few months. Four months, four months at least, I'd say. Yeah, we've gone independent. It's kind of grown bigger than we ever thought it would and it's kind of had a natural progression yeah. for us to just take it independent, which With is what we did. With the blessing of Rob Doll and Wine. So exactly. So there was no nasty breakup there. It was all just <laughs> time for us to move out. To grow our butterfly Grow up and move out. Yeah. So uh, thanks for our start, Rob Doll and Wines, but we are now not affiliated, I no. suppose. Um, and we should reinforce as good. Um, we don't have a show lawyer, but I'll put that in that hat. All our opinions are our own. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Meg, Meg still works for Abdullah Mines. I still work. Well, I work for Shandon now, and um, everything we say is absolutely not the opinions of no, those wineries. They are personal. Exactly right. <laughs> I saw Pat. Patricia Carvellis, who's a journalist for the ABC, and her yeah. Twitter feed says exactly that. These <laughs> yeah. are my opinions. Yeah, let's so just they like don't, they don't reflect on the ABC. <laughs> let's just cover our asses there. Yeah, transparency. We like a good bit of transparency. So we got that out of the way. Fans staying together. We're going to keep coming in your ears every yeah. week. So. Hopefully Zoe will come every so often. I know. She will. Of course she will. I wouldn't take Yay. her away from you. Just, you know. If I'm only doing it to keep something <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch. One day you're going to try and, like, keep her. If she could talk, man, you'd be gone. Because <laughs> <laughs> she loves cheese, so I'm guessing she probably would love wine. True. She would eat better at mm, this house. Absolutely. Than at my house. This is true. <laughs> Sorry. We don't We're not getting rid of Mel for Zoe until I can teach Zoe to talk. <laughs> Mel, we're stuck with Mel. <laughs> but moving on, Meg, what you been drinking? Okay, so this weekend, after months of organising, I went to an amazing lunch with Tobias Danstead, um and his his wife, Bilyana. Yeah. Tobias is from Tullurian Estate in Heathcote, mm-hmm. and Simon Osaker of Paul's. Paul Oscar Wines and his partner, Ali Phillips, who I went to university with, so I haven't seen her since uni days. And we drank a 1971 Barolo, a Night, 2005 Chateau Reyes from Chateau Neuf de Pap. These are in the almost thousands of dollars of wine. Simon was so generous. We took a 1994 um, Filon Segur Santa Steph, which was full of Breton, just sat on the table and we didn't finish it. But the standouts for me were a 1980 Paul Osica Cabernet Sauvignon. That was a standout above the, the They were so much fresher. Wow. 12.5%. I mean, the Barolo, they're all different, but, yeah, but just yeah, that, yeah. you know, that history, this vineyard, that they've had the vineyard since 1955. Mm. Um, it was just extraordinary. And then Tobias, who used to work at Balgani, so Balgani's near, more near Bendigo, yeah. brought out a 1981 Balgani estate, Cabernet <laughs> Sauvignon, and it was, again, Extraordinary! Oh, my God, Meg. Yeah, it was just one of those lunches. Simon cooked these massive tomahawk steaks. It was just, we finished and we, like, we had all that. Then we ended we had a rosé, which was awful, that we brought. Our wines were crap, actually. Um, <laughs> okay. And I so now I champagne. know. Invite Simon also go to dinner, not you. Yeah. <laughs> you should see the cellar. Yeah. Man, we should. When we go and visit Heathcote, which we're promising to do, because uh, Simon's only open by appointment, but the cellar is, my God, it's just beautiful. Anyway, yeah. it was an extraordinary lunch. So thank you to everyone who was involved and thank you to the Heathcote 
and Australia for just making these oh. wines when they didn't really know, you know. Oh, man. 12 and a half percent. getting a bit soppy here. No, it's really good to see Australia's history and we always hype up Bordeaux and blah, blah, blah yeah. and just to see these wines. We don't see them often enough. Someone's changed their tune on Heathcote. Well, 12 and a half percent. <laughs> just a top tip, people. <laughs> Better not be rude. We're going to the Heathcote Food and Wine Festival this weekend. We so. so by the time um, you're listening to this, it will be tomorrow that we're up there. So if you don't have anything on this weekend, we'll be there Saturday and Sunday. Drive on up to Heathcote if you're in Victoria. You'll be able to get there from anywhere well, in Victoria, Pete really. told me that they have busloads of people, so maybe mm. you won't be able to get in. I don't know. I, no, I think – Accommodation is all booked out, but I think you can still drive up, can't you, and just go for the day. Well, I saw on their webpage you can still get tickets. I'm assuming yeah. that. So if you're if you're in the if you're in the area, but we're doing these cool masterclasses that are going to have 20 minutes each, and we're like pairing Heathcote wines with cheese and with regional cheese and yeah. regional small goods, and we're doing clearly we put- whites. We're doing some mid reds. <laughs> We're doing Shiraz, of course, is a whole of course. class of Shiraz. Um, and we're doing a deep dive. So I've been doing a deep dive into everything Heathcote. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of all over it. Although I was supposed to talk to Simon and Tobias about Heathcote last weekend on Saturday. And you just didn't. No, we just had other things to talk that about. It was just like a shadow nifty pup on the table. Oh, it was like 40 years old. So you thought you'd focus I, I didn't on that. I even clock the Barolo. I can't, I can't begrudge you that. When you showed me, because you showed me the picture of it when I saw you, I thought that the 1973 was like the year the winery was made. I was I looked at you and I was like, that's not the vintage of the wine, is it? You're like, that's the vintage that I drank. Delicious. That's freaking awesome. All right, let's – oh, fun fact. Fun fact. Okay, so I'll make this quick because I'll keep going on about wine. Um, I don't know if you've heard in Europe there's massive droughts. The Loire River is pretty much dry. I didn't um, know that. And Eastern Europe, where they have these really deep glacial rivers, they've had they have uncovered these things called hunger stones. Um, what happens in historic droughts when it gets to that level? It basically says you're all going to die at this because there's no water and we're not going to have crops. And these hunger stones have been uncovered as a warning to future generations of the famine and hardship likely to follow each time they become visible. Ooh, cool. Bleak, bleak. It's it's everywhere. Hunger stones resurface across Europe as a warning. Meg, last week it was someone dying. This week it's <laughs> death stones. I'm I'm setting you the task of having a happy one next okay, week. Next week I'm, I make something happy. <laughs> really cool. Google no, that people is cool. and have a look at the photographs. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Just the, the fact what do you that Google? Hunger, hunger stones. Yeah. Just the fact that people have been smart enough or pricing enough. We're talking three and four hundred years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. To mark, put in a stone saying if it gets to this level and then they're suddenly uncovered because they haven't seen them for hundreds of years. Aren't they amazing? Oh, oh! There's actual writing etched in. Yeah. Oh, I actually did not. I thought you meant it was a type of stone that like people just knew. But if it got to no, they say okay. So warning, warning, warning. Oh my! So there are. Oh my god, that's really cool. Yeah, look it up, or we'll. I'll also put it on the Instagram. But it's literally on the side of these stones under bridges. They've written in writing. They've they've etched into it saying, "Warning, you will die." Oh my god, that is cool. (laughs) Aren't they cool? Okay, so not so grim now. Yeah, not so grim. Him. I mean, yeah, no, we are. We're a civilized society, and I'm sure the people of the Loire will um, make it through yeah, despite the warnings. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Oh, yeah, that is cool. 
Okay, Meg, Nebbiolo. Nebbiolo. Shout out to Jess, um, one of my best friends, and uh, she works at Rob Dolan in the cellar door. Friggin' loves Nebbiolo. Oh, she's just she loves it so much. I know. Let's let's not linger on that because I'm very jealous. But she is going to love this sick. So P- Nebbiolo, historically from Piemonte, so the northwest corner of Italy, running kind of from the coast up to the bottom of the Alps. So you go through top Mont of the shoe. Yep. So it's the yeah right at to the west side. So almost bordering with France. Nebbiolo takes its name from the Italian word for fog. Now, I don't know what the Italian word for fog is, but in <laughs> Spanish it's niebla. Oh, So it would be something nice. very – so it's probably nebla. Yeah, in, yeah. In, I should have done my homework, shouldn't I? No. Um, because it ripens so late in the year when you start to get autumnal fogs coming through. So it's a mm. late ripening variety, renowned for pretty light colour. Think mm. Pinot but with more of a brown tinge. Doesn't yeah. have that cherry red of Pinot. Searing tannins mm. and high acidity. Yeah. Classic descriptors, so we've discussed this before, tar and roses. It's yeah. very savoury, can be leathery, but mm. floral at the same time. So I have um, two from Piemonte and two from Australia. Where do you want to start? I have a question before we start. Why is it so expensive? Is it just because Barolo is expensive, the region? Yeah. Or is it like Pinot and it's hard to grow? It's both. Um, okay. If you buy Barolo, that's on the very best sites. There's these mm. hills in Piemonte, and so there's this, so there's seven classic hills. So Barolo's on those best sites. Barbaresco, a little less fantastic sites. But yeah. I haven't bought the $130 wines. I have bought oh, your gosh. more entry. I know. Rude. <laughs> no, I've bought the more entry level. So we've got... Neviolo de Alba. Alba is a mm-hmm. town. If any of you have been there, it's a beautiful Walden city, famous for the white truffles, mm-hmm. and they have a massive white truffle festival every year in October. Yeah. And can you think of anything better than truffles and Nebbiolo? I'm sorry. No, so I can't. A, a Nebbiolo de Alba, it's about 45 bucks. Then I've got a Langi Nebbiolo. Langi is a sub-region of Piemonte, mm-hmm. um, and so the grapes we come from – Less quality vineyards, higher yields, less time in oak. So all of that makes it cheaper and more delicious. But this is where I often drink um, my Nebbiolo because, <clears throat> yeah, who can afford to drink <laughs> Barolo every night? No. They're, one's a 2018, one's a 2020. I generally would say drink them with a little yeah. bit more age on them. Yep. Costco does a Nebbiolo. Back to Costco. I haven't mentioned Costco for ages. Costco do a Nebbiolo that's actually quite good hmm. when you can get it. So I've got a re- – do, I don't know. Would you want to do – I think go Italian first, first and then we can kind okay. of – So we have a Rivetto Langi Nebbiolo 2020. I'll give Mel the – I can't remember how much these all cost. Oh, so uh, well. Uh, just so you all know, because I know this is the wireless, uh, we are drinking <laughs> out of the Nebbiolo glasses. Mm-hmm. So. They are, they're the Darth Vader glasses. Darth Vader glasses. They're the ones that, for anyone who listened to the glassware episode, which, fun fact, I was looking back at our stats today, and um, it's been one of our most popular episodes, but um, the Darth Vader glasses are like a decanter at the bottom and then they go into a wine glass at the top and they're really ugly, but they work really well. <laughs> they look a little bit like Darth Vader's mask. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that smells good. floral, 
savory. So savory. Plum. Yeah, I'm not like dried earth or yeah, leafy. Yeah, it does. It smells like when you crumble dried earth in yeah, your hand. It does. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh. Yeah, this is about 48. Smells like I'm going to drink it. 48. I got all of these at Dan's. Licorice. Would they use French and American oak or just French? Um, they use some Italian oak, some Eastern European oak, yeah. Slovakian oak traditionally. Yeah. And they have a thing called bottes, mm. which B-O-T-T-E-S, which is 600 litre oak barrels, so less. more. There's two schools now in Piemonte, more famously in Barolo and Barbaresco, modern producers that are using French oak, smaller format, and then the more traditional. Yeah. This would be, at this price, would probably be a high-volume wine, so my gut feeling would be to be more traditional winemaking, older oak. So you may have some new oak in there, but for me, I prefer my my Nebbiolos without a lot of oak influence. Yeah, yeah. Because I just love that sour, cherry, plum fruit. And where are all these wines from today? Is this a Nick's or a Dan's or? This is all from Dan's. Cool. All right. On my favourite thing, click and collect. <laughs> and they've done up my dance store now, so it's just beautiful. So this is 13.5%. And this is a DOC. So Nebbiolo grown in Barbarolo is a DOCG. So it's the guarantee. It's a higher quality yeah. level. And the thing that comes with that is you have, must have lower yields. You must have more time in oak. They have a lot more rules around aging, whereas obviously this yeah. doesn't have much aging requirement at all because it's a 2021. 20, yeah. Buy that, lay it down. Oh, yeah. Really delicious. Really delicious. Barbecue. When you say lay it down, though, like, do you think don't buy it unless you're going to lay it down? Because no, let's be honest, no one is. Yeah, true. <laughs> so it's still good to drink now. One of the things that I did when um, I did find this Costco-like thing for $35, I did buy half a dozen of them and we drank, you know, three slurp away and then <laughs> left some behind and mm. sort of did the hiding thing that I have to do because I have no control. <laughs> And they were really, really good because they are more savoury. If the fruit drops off, you're, not, you're less yeah. concerned. Yeah. You're kind of accepting of the, the savoury characters. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was pretty um, pretty delicious. What's it, have you found it? on? Yeah, I've found it. It's 45. 45? Yeah. Which is about as low as you can go. You can't go much lower than oh, that. Oh, yeah, I, but I, I would happily pay I 45 bucks for that. That's, that's and young. That's really thinking, young. you know, Carne asado barbecue, bit of salt, smoke mm, on your food, mm-hmm. a bit of char on the beef. There's a plumminess in there. I also like, I don't know if this is too much of like getting away from the main topic, but I am getting a little bit, I think I'm, I think I'm getting a bit sick of Pinot. I think I overdid it with Pinot. Well, it's pretty much all you've drunk for since I've known you. <laughs> I know. And Gamay. And um, so I'm really looking to Italian reds at the moment because you know me, I don't go soup too heavy. I don't go no, like you're Australian tries. I'm kind of gal. And this is the kind of thing that I've really been enjoying, actually. So forty eight dollars isn't exactly a weeknight, but no, it's not. Um, and the other thing about this is, you know, you give that that we literally just opened that. You give a bit of air, open it up. You could drink that slowly over mm. a night. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's more of a special occasion, friends over kind of. Oh my god, thing. that's really good. Really the good more I drink it, the better it gets. I don't want to tip it out, but I'm. I did pour quite quite generous. Yeah, pours. you did. I'm not gonna. Oh, oh, Meg. Oh, Someone uh-oh. messaged us. I better get his name because it was just a brilliant call, and he was like. I was thinking about how you talk about how whether you sip it or whether you drink it. it. Sip or piff. He said sip or tip. Oh. How good is that? Yep. It was Ralph. Well. Thank I, you, Ralph. I just guzzled that back so I can pour the next one. We're sipping it. Those tannins are just so – it doesn't have a mm. lot of fruit. The tannins are just so – Chalky and and but they're fine. They're, they're not hard and like they don't they dry your mouth out without making you wince in pain. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah. And it has really high acidity. If you do your old dribble test, like there'd be a yeah. lot of saliva accumulating in the front of your mouth. It, that's what I it, love about Nebbiolo, and it gives you its um its flavor or like it gives you the experience bit by bit, and it's like linear in that way. It's not like a big punch oh, in the face. Your journey, Here's, I know. I was trying not to say it. <laughs> We can call that. We're coming up with a little slogan. Sip and tip, journey one. But it's like, it's not one of those ones that just fills your mouth and like punches you in the face. It has so much in it, but it like gives it to you on a journey. It's a saber. We need to stop doing actions because people can't see us. But I'm imagining a train in my head. It's just going straight down. Yeah. All right. Excellent start. So the next one is. Rizieri Nebbiolo de Alba 2018. So this got a little bit more age on it. This was under cork. So I haven't actually tasted it to see if it's cork, but it's – no, it's a DM cork, so that's fine. And this Ooh. is 14% alcohol, and this is actually imported by Pinnacle. Yeah, okay. Um, have we ever said what Pinnacle is? Uh, Pinnacle is um, the brand that um, Endeavor brands import or make Honda, yeah. basically. So Endeavor Group, which is the Dan's BWS. liquor arm of Woolworths, yeah. um, are also they, – they make wine and they bring in wine. So that that's called Pinnacle Wine. But I think they're now moving it all to being just called Endeavor Group because it's so confusing. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, the nose is so different. Oh, it's a bit more like a cardboard box. Yeah. I was going to say fruit, but. <laughs> no, because it needs to open. That's yeah. the thing about cork. Oh, it needs to be unboxed. It needs to be unboxed. That's right. No, no, there is a lot of fruit there. That's much fruitier. Mm, Dark it is, cherry, maraschino cherry. Blueberry. Yeah. Yeah, but blueberry. Um, Again, that more cooked, cooked, like, um, yeah, and it's got like a cherry wrap to it as well, like that dark chocolate and coconut and stuff. This will be one that's going to really be super interesting over time. I think take that home tonight and see what it looks like tomorrow. Mm. Needs time. Very. Big tannins. Don't think – now, here's the thing, and I'm just trying to think how I phrase this. <laughs> the first one was much more savoury yeah. and you didn't notice the tannins possibly because of the savouriness. Yeah. This led your mind for an expectation of a fruit bomb, more of a fruit in the mid-palate and seems more drying. Do you think it's because you, you're tricking yourself to say it shouldn't be so drying? 
do the tannins appear more drying? Oh, because, because you set yourself up for, uh, I don't know, that no, psychology. Um, oh, for me, it's it's really brooding. It's like really dark and brooding. And I just found that, it, like the last one, it was a journey. <laughs> I hate myself when I say it. I don't want to punch myself in the face. But this one, it hit me all at once. It's yep. just like a big, like a bang, Nabiolo, take that. And your train, the train has hit the station and slammed on the brakes. It finishes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It just goes boom. Yes. But like you, those crash dummies, you know, in the Volvos that are yes. hitting the wall. Yes. It's kind of like. That's a great analogy. It's going along smoothly. And yeah. then you see that big fake br- brick wall. And so it, you reckon. And it literally just finishes. Tomorrow, while well, with the good decanting, mm, we would see. It. I would have thought with the fruit maybe, but that tannin structure, there doesn't seem to be enough of anything else. Yeah. To support that tenant, it's a little bit too extracted for me. Yeah, but then if I was having so extracted, being that it spent too much time on the it's skins. got too much tannin. Yeah, yeah they, they haven't balanced tannin mm. and fruit. It, when we talk about extraction, it's the amount of tannin and color that we're getting out of the skins. Yeah, and that just doesn't seem to be balanced. It's I so mean, drying with Mister Osika's tomahawk steak that we had the other day. Be perfect because yeah. there's so much. I, th- I, th- I think they were wagyu too. There was so much <sighs> fat in them. Seriously, the man went all out. Um, it's it would it needs something really 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 fatty. Yeah, and meaty. Yeah, not bad. How much? Forty two. So I'm um, sorry, but for the extra three bucks, Mm-mm. get the langy. I agree, and the langies. Oh, the langies not under cork. We tipped that. So it was Tip. it Ralph. Tip, Ralph. That wasn't a sip, Ralph. That was a tip. (laughs) The next one we have is, so, because Nebbiolo is grown in a cooler climate because it ripens so late, so it goes into autumn, so it needs a long growing season, we've seen it planted in Heathcote. Yeah. Pretty warm. Yeah. McLaren Vale, pretty warm. Yeah. So I Searched around to try oh, yeah. and find somewhere cooler and stumbled upon Pizzini, La Volpe, Nebbiolo from the King Valley. So the King Valley is much more like Piemonte. You have mountains, you have snow, oh. longer growing season, and clearly a lot of Italians, <laughs> um, 13.5% have never tried this, but Pizzini, great producers and are really well known for Italian varieties. Is that the whole of King Valley or just Pizzini that does all the Italian? The King Valley has a lot of Italian migrants. Ah, uh, um, yeah, okay. It was a region that grew a lot of tobacco. Yeah. And clearly that's not in favour anymore. Um, I think they grew a lot of hops for beer. And traditionally where you could grow hops for beer, you can grow grapes. And then because a lot of these people historically, from my understanding, we went to the Snowy Mountain Scheme, they all sort of infiltrated down the mountains and they – Established themselves there. Yeah. And the Pizzini family have been making wine for ages and ages and one of the great – the most famous of the region, I'd say, and they really talk about the King Valley. That's the thing I love about them. They're they're out and proud about where they're from. Definitely worth a visit if you're up there. Um, 
the thing I love about this it. This is still the Prosecco Road territory, right? Yes. But I see, still got to that. I'm going to go do Val- it for my birthday this year. I think the King Valley should be known for more than Prosecco, but Prosecco is bloody good. This has got that um, pale cherry sort of colour. Cool. Mmm. Mmm. Floral. Very, that's that's more bordering on your um, tar and roses oh kind God, of. That smells so good. And there's cherry in there and there's a real, that earthiness that we saw in the first one as mm-hmm. well. That's a super oh interesting gosh, it's note. it's so bright Is there and vibrant. soury green in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sichuan pepper? I I shit you not. I know that sounds crappy. I don't know what Szechuan pepper is. Like I don't. I'll spice some up for you before you leave. <laughs> you know me, I don't cook. I was talking to Han at work today about Szechuan pepper. She mm. is just a font of all things Chinese yeah. cooking, that woman. Yeah, really good. Yeah. How much? Uh, 33. <gasps> Member offer at the moment, 26. That is yum. That is fantastic. I'm and buying half a dozen of those and laying them down. The finish, it went like it took me on a journey and then the journey finished and then it kind of started again. It it's, mm. it it the, it wasn't a consistent finish in that like I tasted the same thing for the next 10 seconds. It was like it it, it tidied up what was going on and then it started mm. like it's like I got a big vibrant like burst of cherry after everything else was finished. That is Awesome. That's so yum. And I would have paid twenty six bucks because I'm a member. Mm. Um, it's worth joining being a member because you just get random shit for cheap. <laughs> well, I never take any notice. I, I buy what I want to buy. I don't buy it because it's a, a, a member offer. But yeah, I was going to say I didn't think that would work on you. No, but I, I'm happy when I go yeah. to the counter and they go, and "Oh, it just you happens get, to cost less." Yeah, you know, the, it's this bill, and then you get this much yeah. off. Sorry, we've just got Burke Street going on here, <laughs> as Yum. usual, Yum. in our professional Yum. studio. No, professional people, studio. Pizzini, La Volpe, Nebbiolo, twenty twenty one. Yeah, buy it. Yeah, even just buy it, and even in a couple of years, because it's still got a yeah. little bit of a drying quality that could be calmed down. I agree, but God, that's good. But again, Nebbiolo is not something that you sit around the pool and drink. Yes, it true. Is your food wine, like mm-hmm. think a big ragu of beef with pappardelle, mm. you know. And the thing about Pizzini is they do good food as well. That is, that is awesome. That is very Italian. Yeah, it is. And I'm really proud of like same. Australia, of King Valley for having done that. There's that Langi Nebbiolo. Yeah, there is that that the genetics are in this. Yes, it's exactly what you were saying. You know, you can you can see it that they're, that they're definitely cousins. It's a great Australian expression, but it still shows its roots. You know what we need to do mm. in about a year is get someone to do blind Nebbiolo to us to see if we can pick if it's Aussie. Because I reckon I would almost go Italian on that. Really? Yeah, that's cool. There is a brightness to the fruit. There's a real brightness. But then to we the had that in the second one, the Rizieri. <clears throat> yeah. But it didn't follow through on the palate. But this one's got, it's, it's got its game on. It's got lovely. Oh, the smell. Know. Awesome. Yes. 
Yes. Oh, Sichuan pepper. For those that you know, when you crush up your Sichuan pepper in your little mortar and pestle, it smells like that. And don't mm. think that I'm a complete nut wanker. Oh, there's no tipping going there's on. There's definitely nothing left in that glass. And you poured a fair bit as well. You're a, you're a heavy hand with these glasses. No, the problem is you. <laughs> we need to, to get the spread. Mm. They are dangerous glasses. They but I pulled dangerous. out our normal standard tasting glasses, which is a Burgundy Pinot Noir glass, so if people want to know. <laughs> and looked at it and went, mm, it is Nebbiolo. No. Nah, do it. This is the beautiful thing about this podcast, I think, is that we just like enjoy it how we want to enjoy it. We're not too like, we, do, we do it our way. We do it our way. We don't care what people Yeah, do. no ISOs, Pete. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We're doing a tasting for the cricket club in a few weeks' time and they, they rang and said, oh, we've only got, like, you know, 100 glasses and I don't know how many people are turning up. Mm. And I said to people, what are the glasses? And they're like those classic cricket club uh, <laughs> gobbledy things. Ah, <laughs> you hate those. And I said, I'm not providing glasses, but they can go to Dan Murphy's and get proper glasses <laughs> because – the if demands. We're, if we're doing a tasting, it's called Call My Bluff. It's quite tricky. So yeah. we have one wine. And yeah. People say it's an Anais. Yeah. And I'll say it's a Chardonnay. <gasps> and as a team, they have to. Oh, vote. I like that. It's oh, that's fun. really cool. You and I could do it. I used to do it in the UK for all these like really rich bankers and wankers. Charge them a fortune. Did both of you have to convince them why it was? Yes. So you talk about the wine, oh. you explain the acid, and blah, blah, blah. It's, a, it's like psychology. It's a really cool thing that to do for corporates. That really, really fun. Because corporates love it because it's um, it's competitive. Yeah. And they also think they know a lot about wine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I used to do it with a friend of mine, Zinia Irwin, who's a master of wine. She's a buyer for Waitrose Supermarket in the UK. Yeah. And, yeah, we just travel around the UK doing Barking's oh Bank. And who was the other one? Is it Lloyd's? Is that an insurer? Oh. But we get these gigs and they fly us in and maybe we should do a listener event we'll do a listener call my bluff event and everyone can come it's actually we've done it a couple of times yeah and people love it yeah because they all have to sit at the same table and compete and yeah you always have the person that thinks they know everything i know and then they usually lose i love i'm a really good liar as well yeah i i am too so All right, it's on, Meg. We are so doing this. Okay, so last one. Last one is Serafino McLaren Vale Nebbiolo. Now, I picked this because just really in contrast to um, the Pizzini, because that's a cool climate. McLaren Vale, not known for cool climbs. 13.5%. Serafino, I've, they've been around for years. It is an Italian family. Um, I seem to remember when I was at uni, they, they had a big, like, they sort of had the original pizza oven back yeah. in the 90s and it was a really cool place to hang out because McLaren Vale really, it's got everything. It's got the beach, it's got good food, it's got good wine. So I got this because it's the antithesis of what Nebbiolo should grow in. Okay. You know, because it's a warm climate. Um, but it's only 13.5%, so it's interesting. It's 2019. We have some Nebbiolo in the Yarra Valley. Um, do we? Yeah, we do. Well, like Zon... Somar. Not Somar, that's what I meant. Um, Stefani Estate. Is Somar's one good? I remember talking to Dimitri, who's the winemaker GM mm. um, there, and he was saying that 
it it doesn't get ripen every year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So one year, I think it was 2015. Yeah, Dimitri, I, I, I rate everything he says, and yeah. he said, "Buy this. This is a really good year because it's uh, not every okay. year. This is much darker. This Serafino is much darker in color. A very cool label with a kind of 1920s lady on a Vespa with a weird waiter standing in the vineyard. Yeah, because that'll happen. Label. <laughs> He's just it. crushed the grapes and made the wine right there. Doesn't smell like Nebbiolo to me. I don't even know what I would pick that as. It's a bit, okay, green bean? Yeah. Mushy peas? Aguafava? How's what, that for word? What's aguafava? You know the smell of chickpea <laughs> water? Aguafava is used as egg white for vegan Pisco oh, sours and stuff. Yeah, you have told me this. There's something <sighs> green, licorice. Yeah. And red licorice. I mean, I do get the fruit. The fruit's definitely there. Okay, I'll give you this to you blind. Is it Nebbiolo? Let me taste it. No. Oh, nose? just just on the nose. No. I'd be going almost a Grenache res. I was going to say Grenache. Thing. I'd say Grenache if you gave me that. Yeah, yeah Grenache. Yeah. Mm. Fruit mid palate fills out the mid palate. One of those pipette wines, and then finishes. It's got the drying um, Nebbiolo tannins, but the fruit's not right. There's a sourness to it. Um, the thing is, because you're in a warm climate, what happens? Nebbiolo needs a long growing season. It, it needs yeah. to put on weight very slowly. This is Homer Simpson at the buffet table. It's put yes. on its weight too quickly, and is out of form basically it's just <laughs> not it's, a weird analogy i know but it's heavy on the palate is that why has it yeah, ripened too quickly it's, it's just there's it's so much ripe of it and underripe at the same time i feel like i'm chewing it yeah it's kind of got this ripe cherry plummy character yeah. but then there's a greenness to the fruit yeah and i don't know what vintage did did i say it was 19, I don't know what 19 was like in mclaren vale um we certainly in the yarra we had some heat and then a little bit of Rain, so it was a sort of vintage of two parts. Mm. It just, it doesn't have the the journey. No, it doesn't have the train at all. It hits you all at once, and it's heavy. Like tram. It's heavy. <laughs> One carriage. Like if if you are the kind of person actually that likes that kind of really like a rich, bold wine from a warm climate, you might like it. It's just not. <laughs> it's out of sorts. Yeah. It doesn't all work well. And that said, it's almost like a licorice all sort because mm. I don't think those work together. Earthy licorice <laughs> with that sweet pink crap and that sweet yellow crap. <laughs> and we kind of have that here. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like I do. That sweetness yeah. of those interlayers of pinkness yeah. and then some earthiness and the drying tannins, it's but it's just it, – it's not – um, as put together, go. How much was that? Twenty-two. Okay, so it is cheap. So yeah, it's a the higher other one was volume. Like Twenty-six on special. Yeah, oh, true. Actually, that's true. So this is more so of a much more. Is of a our learning that you shouldn't buy cheap? Yeah. I think so, and yeah. my learning is probably, in fairness, if Serafino do a higher yeah. price, thirty-five. Neb, I sh- probably should have bought it, but I was. Uh, 
in maybe my era, but I was focusing on region rather yeah. than quality. Um, well, that is a tip for me. Yeah, I'm not a, a well, fan of that. Well, we've got two sips and two tips. I think we might do a little quick refill on the uh, Pizzini so that we can have it. Do you want Pizzini or Langi? Yeah, look, either. Both are awesome. Thank you. Okay. So we've got some things to talk about. Is that right? Yeah, we have two things before we finish up. So the first thing is that my sister-in-law, I have to get it up to show you. This is so funny. Curl, shout out to Curl, sent me. Curl? Curl is the one that called you about my wedding brolo. (laughs) And then... In all transparency, can I get that a damn move? Is it Shepparton? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. What did she end up getting? Because I wanted something it's for not, Mel to it's open a good up brolo. on her, her ten year and Tom's ten year my. anniversary. It's all about Mel. I uh, told you. <laughs> what are you looking at there? Okay. So <laughs> last week, the week before, we were talking about Grunewaldlinger, and last I was week. talking about how it was called Groovy. <laughs> and Mel has just shown me the Groovy Grunewaldlinger. Yeah. The most widely planted variety in Australia, citrus. Sorry, <laughs> where? What ca- country is this? That is a Billy Button from <gasps> Bright. I told you. Uh-huh. You missed the thing. And it was Canada. Google it. There are these sommeliers. And I think they might be twins. Like I love dudes that do house renovations. <laughs> and they're talking about this groovy and I'm just sitting there going, oh, my God, that's embarrassing. <laughs> told you. I love so much listening to that back. Um, you, we were just like, no, nah, Meg, no, no groovy here. <laughs> um, it's a thing. <laughs> Okay. It was a thing. <laughs> and I love Billy Button wines. Joe Marshall's Me too. wines are bloody I awesome. I really like Billy Button wines. Yeah, awesome. If you're and, ever in Bright, go to that cellar door. And makes such a huge different range of yeah. wines. Yeah. If um, I was going to be a winery, that's the sort of stuff yeah. I'd like to do. It takes a lot of risks, which yep. is really cool to see. Um, we have a message from Kylie. Hi, Megan Mal. I'm traveling to Italy in a couple of weeks. Would love some wineries while there. Any recommendations? Like, how does it work? Do you need a book in? Blah, blah, blah. It's a big bloody country, Kylie. It's a big. She said can be any region as we're driving around for a month. So just is there a couple of just like must-dos? Okay. Piemonte. Yeah. Barolo. Mm-hmm. Chiretto. Mm-hmm. Bit for the donkeys. Although Jess has just been no donkeys. Oh. I don't know what happened to the donkeys. No donkeys. donkeys. I, love donkeys. <laughs> I will get donkeys, but they're $3,000 each. Oh, my and God. Um. Also in Barolo or Piemonte, Vietti. Okay. Um, San Gimignano in Tuscany because it's beautiful and there's seven towers and it's just really lovely. Yeah. Suave because it's a world in city in Veneto. Yeah. You, you've, I think you've listed like every region. Well, because she's driving. I'm just I'm only in the north at the moment. Oh, my God. Controversial, ignore anything in Emilia Romagna, which is the Ooh, we like food, the food bowl. So you've got Parma and Parmigiano Reggiano comes uh-huh. from there and balsamic vinegar comes from there. The wine shit. It's um uh what's it? Lambrusco. Oh yeah. Ooh, okay. If you're going north north to Trentino Alta Adige and you're Tramping and walking around and being healthy. Yeah. 
worth it because it's beautiful, but the wine's mm. Um I would stick to Tuscany, Piemonte, and if you get the chance to go to Sicily, yeah. go because it's just awesome. And that Etna, Etna Rose and the Bianco that we had. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, go there. I know. Can't you hike that mountain? There's like a mountain you can hike with all the vineyards. Yeah, well, that's Mount Etna. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Hike yeah. Mount Etna. See, that's, like, that's what I'd do. That sounds awesome. I'm not the person to ask, can you go hiking there? Mm. I'm the person, is there a good restaurant around the corner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, true. It's all good. Yeah. But, you know, if you're a tourist, Tuscany, Piemonte, I mean, like Garda, you know, yeah. Bardolino. Yeah. It okay. depends whether you want water, there's, there's whether you want food. It's too here, hard. Just call just- me Kylie. We'll have a chat. <laughs> On that note, last thing we have to say is, like, thank you. I put up a call for um, – just to hear from you all what do you want because we're currently sitting down and being like what are we going to talk about for the next few months and we got so many responses um we really appreciate them we're going to take them we're going to have a look at all of them and and pull together something awesome for the next few months so thank you for your input so drink well and enjoy your next glass of wine because you you just covered me oh yeah (laughs) she's doing the work stuff bye. bye bye